Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our game changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. Hi, I'm Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. All right, we're live without Mac in three, two, one. All right, well, thank you, Richie. Lanny, where's, I'm looking at Mac? you. Well, he had to go to the, the doctor with his wife. Oh, you know, that's right. Yeah, they're expecting they're getting close. Oh, she, is, she is with child. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing, yeah, like, so. nothing like babies. Yeah, so babies. here at the gamekeeper table, we got Toxie sitting at the other end. He's been missing for three or four weeks. We He's been in food plot. I've been, mode, I've been yeah. somewhere I hadn't been missing. Yeah. Well, he's been gamekeeping. Well, I'm sure. Lanny is now he's not Hat. standing, but he's not sitting. So how many podcasts have I been standing? Uh, four. Four. So it's yeah. been four weeks. And Dudley's got a smile on his face. That's good. Yeah, got some coffee. Ooh, yeah. Back on the coffee. That's good. And talks to the rumor is you got carjacked in the last few Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> don't talk about it. Yeah. Just like, okay, okay. I'm not allowed it's a state investigation or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, we're it's all's well that ends well. I have my vehicle back. Everything's good. I'm very fortunate. God blessed me with some good luck that nobody got hurt. Yes. So, it's, it's quite a story. Quite yeah. a story. Yep. That's a story for another day, though. Okay. Made the local news. <laughs> All right. I can't well, wait till we get a release on that. Yeah, that will be, be interesting. Good. Yeah. Well, so it may never happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, it's November. We wait for this all year long, and finally it's it, November. Yeah, it's, it's feeling like deer season out there. It did does. It's cold outside. I got a wool shirt on. Yep. Yeah, yep. guys up north have been killing deer for a long time. We love November. It's just yeah. a, it just it's a lot goes on. Yeah, yeah. white oaks start dropping. Is that right, Dudley? Yeah, and I'm tired of looking at their pictures too. I can say that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, we're looking. You know, we're trading pictures of our food plot still. This yeah. conversation today will get me up dead center more than seeing a trophy set of horns. I promise you. So. No, I'll, doubt I'll be about mo- it. I'll be motivated after this conversation today. I appreciate y'all including me. Yeah, this is why well, I hunt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So today we're going to talk about meat processing. So we're going to kind of come at it from two angles. We're going to juxtapose, if you will. Ooh, I like that word. We're going to start with a do-it-yourself kind of scenario. Brad Lockwood will will call him, and he's a he's a he's a, teaches people him. how to butcher their deer. Mm-hmm. And then later on, we've got a local processor that's going to sit in here and, and tell us what happens when you drop a deer off. So, Yeah, and I also add to the expanse of the conversation we'll talk about, because I know we'll get there. And you know me, the, you know, effervescent big picture guy, uh, the whole thought process of, you know, taking an animal and uh, I'll go back to that. I've told y'all before, one of my proudest moments as a kid, it was just a seminal moment. And my 
Mr. Fox said um, I'd, I'd killed a rabbit, and I brought it back, and I'd skin it and gut it and everything mm-hmm. and had put it, like, in a bowl in the refrigerator or something. And he was like, I'm so proud of you, son. He said that one of the key um, steps in a um, boy becoming a man is when he gets old enough to go out and take food for the family and bring it home. You know, and that's a little bit of a, that's a paraphrase, yeah. but he did tell me that, and it was his, he was as serious as he could be. And that stuck with you. you could yeah, tell. but I mean, my point in saying that is that's, uh, and especially in today's world, it ought to be turning people back towards that. You know, the people that love the animals the most are the people that are taking their life and caring for them and actually using that sustenance for their family. And with all the evils and chemicals and enzymes and antibiotics of the world, what better and safer than yeah. wild game? Yeah. And I think a lot of people are getting into hunting, are giving Absolutely. hunting a look now because Absolutely. of providing organic Absolutely. meat. Absolutely. And it's Lanny, becoming <laughs> as big as the trophy part or bigger than it should be. You've got your hand raised, Lanny. Go yeah, ahead. I know. I have to yeah. raise my hand today. But uh, just to echo what Toxie's saying, too, you know, we actually did this. Uh, one of the, the, the most literal way I can translate what he was trying to say it was – we had an old ad, and it was respect for game takes many forms. One of my favorites is duck gumbo. You know, I personally don't feel there's any better way to honor uh, the harvest Absolutely. than to actually feed it to yourself and to your kids. I'm trying to raise my kids just like what Mr. Fox did with Toxie, you know, uh, and and teach them to be providers and and understand that you know that's why we love these animals so much too, uh, and why we spend so much time. There, yeah. So. Uh, it really is it's a I mean, great story. If so, free range and grass fed and organic is your thing, it never gets any better than wild game. Hey, let's not forget too. That's how this whole hunting thing evolved in the first place. That's right. Yeah, you know. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's some of us that like antlers too. Now, so I, I, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing gets me more fired up than antlers too. But if you define the success yeah. of what you do. Based on that, you're backing up instead of going. That's forward. right. I love it all. Mm-hmm. Every yeah, bit of it. Just because you're yeah. a serious, world-class like trophy hunter doesn't mean you can't be serious about the meat and no, the yeah, and right. stuff. I mean, you, right. one That's doesn't right. beget the other. You can love them all. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we cooked a pot of pellet gun yard squirrels last year. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We had a blast. That's right. awesome. It was fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Until the, the girls found out what I, it was. I was. And you don't realize how much you're teaching your kids doing that. Until it started raining, I was going to go squirrel hunting this morning, and Ozzy works for me on the farm. Save me all those tails and squirrels. We tie our own crappie jigs and make them with those squirrel tail oh, hairs. Oh, yeah. So I love it when you can use some every piece of what every you piece. kill. You know, yeah. Yeah, my mom, my mom will make turkey. I mean, make Christmas wreaths out of. Turkey, Turkey breast feathers, feathers, and it's the most gorgeous thing you've I ever seen. I bet they are. Yeah, yeah. It is cool. yeah, I think I have seen one of those. So look, let's uh, let's keep moving. What about blood on the biologic? What are you guys seeing, Dudley? You got anything? Well, uh, Brad, I mean, excuse me, Josh Brandon from Tennessee. They they're always getting seed and trees from us. Longtime customers and friends. Uh, Josh got his first deer with a bow and it happened to be a really good looking 10 point wow yeah, yeah that was beautiful nice. yes. yeah Lane, i know you want to talk about jason mckeller that jason awesome. mckeller he is connected on the dough with the bow man so we're super proud of him it's been a conquest for him so that's mckeller mckeller yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's richie what i, I thought you were over there he's not snoring. <laughs> he's paying snoring. attention okay so look so there's a guy named ken mcgar 
who's from Marigold, Mississippi. I know Ken very well. And he killed a giant, 150-inch deer with his bow. He's hunting right on the Mississippi River. And as the story goes, a storm was coming up. His wife was in another stand, and they were hunting persimmons. This was just recently, the last couple of weeks. And uh, this, he made a perfect shot, calls his wife. They're all excited. She was actually having bears around her where, where she was hunting. Wow. But the rain pushed them to go ahead and try to track this deer. And they blood tra- got a dog and blood trailed it right up to the bank of the Mississippi River. Ooh. And, of course, his heart just sank. Yeah. And they came back the next day, and he walked and walked and walked. And on down river, he found that deer laying I saw it was in the paper 600 yards away. It, oh, wow. Well, yeah. Down what river. Are, what down river. What are the chances of finding that? Yep. But, and, Toxie, how often do they run to water like that? Often. Very often, yeah. So, yep. it, are, are they trying to, or are they thinking they can uh, get yeah, out there I don't and get know. Away? I remember as a kid when we were tracking deer, especially if the deer for some reason have been gut shot. I guess they get real dehydrated or whatever. They want to go lay in water, but this it happens a lot, mm-hmm. especially if they're not pushed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm sure um, that deer was at the river, so it was just trying to escape. I'm sure. Right. Right. So, Toxie, you've got somebody you wanted to mention. That, uh, oh, I just, you know, you could always mention him. He's a world traveler and killer of trophies his whole life, my cousin Albert. So I give, never Albert. have given him a shout-out before. He's taken a couple of big caribou and a moose, and he's got his kids on a mule deer uh, safari, I think, this week or next. And uh, he's kind of retired now, and he is a very skilled hunter, especially at, at traveling and whether it's elk or hunting deer in the Midwest or whatever, uh, his mainstay is spring turkey hunting. But he's uh, he's having a good year already. So he's Doctor Albert Hayes, is yeah, that right? From Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, how about that. Well, I he, saw he, pic- he has the privilege. He, he was the first or second person to ever buy a piece of mossy oak when we first started. Well, now that is he a bought privilege. a jacket when I was having a seamstress make them. Does luckily. he? Does he still have it? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? I love hearing stories. His stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been hearing about him all yeah, my whole life. Yeah. yeah. He's a hunting fool. But if you want to, he'll by this time of year, he'll have blood on his biologic well, somehow saw, or another already every year. I saw a picture of that moose. It's yeah. about as big as yeah. a moose can yeah. be. Wasn't there a story about him 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 shooting his bow in his in his office and in his doctor's office or something? Like it could be. Uh, the most famous story that I have with him is him and Bob Dixon, but I can't tell it. I, oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. oh. I had to get a release on that. Yeah, yeah. Come okay. with it's story. a good one, though. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. It's a turkey hunting story. It is really funny. Hey, uh, Richie, wake up over there, would you please? If you uh, Do you have a commercial for us? Well, I did at one point, but I think Mr. Wallace is taking it over now. Is that right? Okay, mm. Lanny, I'm looking at well, you. I mean, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the processing line that we have uh, available at Walmart. So it's incredible. It is incredible. It's, it is. You know, just trying, you know, around here, we well, the last few years, Dudley, we've been spending a lot of time talking DIY. we all about DIY processing. You know, we've all kind of done it as we've come together. Uh, just has been uh, obviously a, a more ongoing subject. So anyways, we got with the crew at Weston and we've developed uh, a line of gamekeeper processing equipment. So uh, it's available at Walmart. It's it's great stuff at a great value at a great price. And, you know, I, my suggestion is go by and just pick up one piece a year. You know, you can add to it. That's what I've done over the last three, four years and uh, got some stuff to go with. So It's an extensive selection. Oh, yeah. If, oh, if, if you've got a big Walmart store there, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, there's a lot to it. Oh, it's a lot to it. I mean, anywhere from vacuum sealers, bags, freezer tape, paper, Grinder. grinders, sausage stuffers, 
uh, everything you need to get rolling. And is it in the sporting goods section? Mm-hmm. It's in the sporting goods okay. section. Okay. Hey, guys, it's really worth looking at. Yeah, and, it, is. And it, it goes along with the conversation today. So. Yeah. It's something to keep in mind, especially with the holidays right around the season. Hey, that's a, mm-hmm. sounds like somebody needs to send Richie's wife. A grinder, yeah. a grinder's a gift that keeps on giving. Oh, yeah, that is true. Yep. All right. Well, good. Well, thank you, Lanny. So, why don't we, Lanny? Have I given you Brad's number? Why yeah, don't we let's dollar, let's call man. Brad? I'm sure he's waiting on us, and uh, we'll get this started. Hello, Brad speaking. Brad. Hey, man. <laughs> this is Bobby yeah. Cole. I got Lanny, Dudley, Toxie sitting here. Richie's over here asleep somewhere. I got you. What's going on, guys? You got the whole gang there, man. That's great. We do. Well, look, Good. let me introduce you just a little bit. We've been knowing Brad Lockwood sure. for a long, long time. time. He yeah. may be the longest subscriber to our Gamekeeper <laughs> magazine of anybody because he started when it was Farmer for Wildlife. That's how we met. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, but so Brad has uh, – we've known Brad a long time. Oh, he's had a bunch of different roles, but he's a true gamekeeper up there. And Always uh, fed us at the shot show. Always, that's right. Always, always brings jerky. Yeah. And, <laughs> so anyway, Richie, let's hit the horns for Brad if we could. All right. In the house. All right. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, what Brad's – I think what your specialty is, Brad, and what we want to do today is teach people how to process their own deer meat. And, right. uh, and, yeah, and that, sure. so you, you've been teaching people a long time. And so we'd like to go down that road and we know it's going to have some spinoffs. We want to learn about bacteria and we want to learn how to do it yourself and do it right and do it safe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. Well, yeah. Yeah. You guys uh, lead the way, point me in the direction. And I mean, I can talk on this topic for, for days and days. So no problem. Yeah. Well, I'm, great. I'm looking at Lanny and Dudley. Have y'all got the first question to kick out? Well, uh, you know, I, I kind of pride myself in doing my own deer, and I, I haven't, I really haven't had a lot of instructions. So you may uh, prove me wrong on a couple of things I do. Uh, say you bagged a deer. Uh, what what are some go. things you need to do to make sure you're staying yeah. sanitary and taking care of the yeah. meat in the best way? I always kind of like to start these things, guys, uh, at the moment of the of the shot. I mean, really. Uh, you know, with a gun, I mean, we, we kind of got a little bit more knockdown power and we're kind of able to get out there and retrieve that animal much quicker, you know, with a bow, um, you know, and I, I kind of, man, I, I get into this a lot of times, you know, and of course, you know, I've, I've hosted and produced Outdoor Edges, Love of the Hunt TV for, you know, almost 20 years. And, um, you know, and I kind of butted heads with a few different other producers about this topic different times is, you know, the moment that bow goes off, I see a lot of guys, you know, that they'll kind of turn around, look at the camera or whatever the situation is like oh i'm just gonna let that gear deer go overnight man it's it's really not a good thing unless it's an absolute must and you know uh the reason that is is because you know y'all have all seen it you know once that deer expires you know that bloat begins to occur and what happens is those you know the gases start building up in those small intestines and you know those intestines you know we all see it you know the deer is all swelled up and puffy and you're kind of afraid to stick your knife in there to start the field dressing process uh, you know, well, it doesn't take long until that gas starts to permeate out through the thin lining of those small intestines and kind of starts really going into the meat. So it's very important to retrieve that animal as absolute quickly as possible, get those internal organs out of them as quickly as possible, 
and then get that hide off. You know, uh, I worked in the commercial meat industry for, you know, 25 years and federal packing plants. And they literally give us like 45 minutes. And that's in a worst case scenario from the time that the animal is harvested or the gun goes off, so to speak, until that animal is split in half, hide off of it and pushed into a walking cooler. I mean, that's the timeline that they put on it. Uh, and I know as a hunter, that's totally unrealistic. I mean, we can't really do that. Sometimes we can, but it's not realistic. But I guess the point I'm trying to make, guys, is if you want to process good products to take home and feed your family, it all starts the moment that animal's harvested. You want to get those internal organs out, get that hide off, let that body heat you know, begin to escape from that carcass as quickly as possible. So that that's where it all starts right there, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, you any- <clears throat> field dressing, you Go know, it's, 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 it's one of the first things you're taught growing up hunting. Uh, you sure. Know? Yeah. Uh, not only because of, I was taught to, to get, cool the meat down faster, but also, you know, we were hunting public land and you were dragging it a long way too. So it made it a lot, a lot lighter. I think that's a lot different though than what most people that do. I, I don't, I don't field dress it. No, no. Most so. people don't. I field dress. No. And you're not going to field dress one on mine. But no, one, no, no. One time. Yeah. Cause you won't be back if you leave a gut pile under your bow stand on my place. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Okay. But we, yeah. we access. Yeah. I mean, there's nowhere. We well, and, and like I said, I, I've been on outfitted hunts before with outfitters that that's their rule. And that's fine too. That's fine too. And like, like I said, I mean, we can flex on all those different things, yeah. but it's just kind of important to remember to get it out of there as quick as you can. Absolutely. You know what I mean? that's, well, that's the kind of thing. We're yeah. spoiled. We have access within minutes to a uh, place to hang them up and a walk-in right. cooler every single where we hunt. Oh, so yeah. we're in a little bit different situation. So what about a- yeah. what about aging your meat? Is that's it- the next big question. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where, yeah. where does everybody yeah. fall on that? I'm, I'm, I'm going to yeah. ask you, Brad, first. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead. Well, um, you know, the USDA had defined it years ago as, you know, uh, basically three days for every 100 pounds of carcass weight because you'd have these old timey, you know, Italian butchers that would let meat literally hang until it had green fungus growing off of it, you know. So the USDA came in and they laid this definition out where they kind of basically said three days for every 100 pounds of carcass weight was kind of a basic good rule of thumb. And the way that they developed that was just kind of basically uh, the amount of time that it takes, you know, the enzymes to break the muscle tissue down and make it more tender. And then the amount of time that it takes that body moisture to kind of evaporate out of that carcass and out of that muscle tissue. Uh, so that was kind of where they laid it at. So when you're looking at a white-tailed deer, you know, a lot of times you're talking like five days, you know, depending on the size of the carcass. And that was just kind of a general rule of thumb. I know a lot of guys that go longer than that. Uh, some guys, you know, cut that animal up right away, uh, you know, but I think it's really important. There's, it's a huge, uh, huge flavor profile difference whenever you let that animal hang and age and let that body heat, that body moisture come out of that carcass. Uh, let that muscle tissue break down a little bit. It it, it makes a world of difference uh, in that animal. So yeah, how, how do you guys do yours down there? What what do you guys' plan? So I'm looking at Toxie. I think you've got a pretty regimented way yeah, you pretty do much. Things. Now, how to do go, your, how well do you, to go back to what he said. I know also Dudley is going to be. He has a different uh, technique, basically without a walking cooler to do it with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that works really really well too. But he said. 
something very defining about the whole process is it begins at the shot, and he's absolutely right. And another thing didn't mention on that is like where was that shot? Because mm. the shot through the gut introduces a whole bunch of bacteria that you probably don't, you know, that accelerates that process. He's talking about getting them and yeah. cooling them off and washing them out and all even faster. So the really hard thing is that, you know, a gut shot deer will almost always die, but if you go push them, you might not find yeah. them. Those are the ones that are really critical. That's a tough decision to what to do. Boy. And if the temperature is not really cold too, to get them and get them out and get them cleaned out immediately because you've introduced those bacteria so much faster into the system. Uh, the yeah. one thing, you know, my dad grew up in the meatpacking industry his whole life too, and he reminded me oh, that when you kill a deer, I mean, that deer's body's it, as sanitary as, you know, anything there mm-hmm. is. To yep. start with. And so, um, you know, the more you do stuff, well, like, you know, like he talked about, when you when you dress the deer, you're introducing some bacteria yeah. right there. Yep. You're opening it up, especially if you've yep. gut shot. Some, and, and I, you know, a bullet, I'm assuming, Brad, you know more than me, but a bullet from a rifle probably introduces more than a, you know, a clean knife oh, of my, a, yeah. a bow. But sure. what we we started doing to age them better, and it really works well, especially if you've adhered to what he said. You get them, you get them out, you clean them and gut them right away and wash them out good. Is we do, we leave the skin on hanging in the cooler. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Now, now we try, you know, in that way it keeps, you know, when you, the surface area for bad bacteria to get on them just dramatically goes up when you pull the skin off in that environment. Yeah. So yeah. we try to never let them touch the ground once we hang them up and gut them and wash them out really good. And one of the things I do is just me. I don't know if it makes a difference or not. But I also, if they've got blood or any kind of dirt, I wash the whole hide off really, really good and try as best I can to get it very, very clean and then hang it in the cooler immediately without right. um, ever letting it touch the ground again. So we've yeah. just found yeah. that by eight, in whatever form you can do that and properly age that meat, it makes an enormous difference. I mean, I, I will put our, you know, a, a whatever, a, a doe tenderloin has been properly aged up against, you know, beef just about from anywhere. Certainly. I mean, it's incredible yeah. how good it eats. And that's the other thing is that if you, you're able to go to that trouble, you'd like to be able to be sure you get your deer that you went to the trouble to age. And oh, yeah. Too. So one one oh, little boy, thing yeah. that was easy to remember, I'll pass sure. along, because they, they've heard me say it a bunch when I was in the meat science class in school one time when I worked at the meat yep. packing plant. And the first thing the scientist said was, never forget this about meat. He said, life begins at 40. Just never forget yeah. that. <laughs> and he was so yep. – that, that was yep. kind of that alarm going off. Is you got to keep – you know, you need to keep that cooler probably 35 to 38, somewhere in there, ideally. But he yep. said right almost yep. exactly at 4 degrees centigrade, I mean um, Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit, that the yep. bad bacteria can literally uh, replicate and grow so fast that even at like 41 degrees, you could have something completely spoiled in less than 24 hours. But, you know, yeah. under that, if properly cared for, you know, you've got weeks of stuff just making it better. And there's a point of diminishing returns you got to be careful about in aging. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and I was going to 
kind of lend into that too. You know, it, it does. I mean, uh, after so long, I mean, I've, I've talked with some guys, you know, that have bought, you know, we have the Coolabuck portable walking cooler system. And so I get phone calls every day from different clients that have our products and ask these type of questions. And some guys will be like, oh man, I let that deer hang for two weeks. And I'm scratching my head going, oh really? How much waste did you have on the outside of that carcass? Because there comes a time when you're really not helping anything. Uh, you know, you're just kind of really developing, you know, a lot more waste on that carcass whenever you're kind of of over aging there is there is a limit on it you know as as doxy was saying there and uh you point touch on another thing too that i wanted to kind of jump into you were talking about you know the gut shot deer washing everything off getting everything clean and stuff like that and you had mentioned like that introduction of bacteria and it's a very simple thing like that that guys don't think about i mean gosh fellas we could spend this whole time just maybe do a, a part two of this podcast if you want to get into processing. Cause I mean, we could spend, we could spend forever, you know, just kind of talking about this field to the cooler uh, right. type of thing before you even get at the table. But one thing that I see guys continually do is cross contamination and we never even think about it, but so many times, you know, we'll take and we'll be handling, you know, the internal organs or we'll be handling the leg of the animal. And we've got all of that dirt and, you know, sometimes urine, depending if it's a rotten buck or whatever, and then the next thing, you know, we're, we're there with that exact same hand touching that exposed meat. You know, you were saying about, you know, that animal being so clean and sterile underneath yes. that hide. And and we do. We It's just something to think about, you know, in the back. You know, be be cautious of that. You know, like I know in the meat industry, you know, we would be skinning a beef or a, a hog or whatever, lambs, whatever we were processing. You know, if you were handling the leg uh, and you had a federal inspector standing right there, you better go over and wash your hands in the sink before you come back over. Now, yes. like, and before you go touching the animal. And like I said, I know in, in our world, sometimes, you know, where we, where we are, you know, in, in the field or wherever we're at, if you're hunting elk or mule deer or whatever, and you're in an environment where it's just not possible, take a field wipe just, or just at least be cautious about it. You know, what you're doing with your hands. I see it all the time. Guys will be deboning an elk on the mountainside or whatever. And, you know, they're just in there with both hands. And I understand, I understand, you know, you, you've got limitations to, you know, what you've been provided with. But it's something to be thinking about, you know, because you're introducing that bacteria right into that meat, you know, and then and then bringing it back. And once you put it in the cooler, you're thinking, oh, well, I got it in the cooler. Well, yeah, you do. And you've slowed the bacteria, but it's still there. You know, you, you pointed that out, which is which is a great thing. And how fast it can multiply is incredible, especially in warm conditions. Yeah, like the, the thing you mentioned, too, makes me think of being and I'm probably not enough is the knife itself, too. You talked about your hand may have touched something introducing bacteria. The knife? Yeah, yep. but your knife might have. You might not have cleaned your knife before you started using it. And that there, there yep. you go right there. Hmm. Or you might yeah. have gone through, a lot of people are very conscious of not busting anything out of the gut area. And then you get right. below the diaphragm and you feel like you're kind of safe. But then, you know, you could still get some of that on your knife and continue working on the deer with some of that whatever punch material on your knife if you're not careful. So it's probably yep. from listening to him or makes me, and we usually do, but we should make it 100%. You need some running water right by where you're working, yep. uh, taking right. a deer yep. apart like that. Well, before we move yeah. on, I, I'm not sure, sure. we settled yeah. the how long it needs to age. I think you and, got two oh, things, okay. though. Yeah. Brad's it's, talking about aging with the skin off, and Toxie's talking about aging with the skin on. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. a skin-on yeah. guy. And, and I'm and, talking about ideal conditions, right. and he's talking about not-so-ideal conditions and being careful with that. So 
I think I'll, I'll, I'll defer to him, but there is a wide range of what you can do aging, yeah. depending yep. on what's happened and the conditions and what you have to age it with. Sounds like if you had one of his coolers he sells, you could really take yeah. it to another level. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is, you know, get that animal out of the field as quickly as possible. You know, try not to run around in the pickup truck showing it to everybody in the county. You know, get get, get the hide off of it as soon as you can. You know, get the internal organs out of it. Or if you want to age with the hide on, either way, get it into proper refrigeration. Clean that animal out as quickly as possible. And then let the aging process begin. I was just citing some things from, you know, the USDA directives that I've worked with in the past. And they basically laid it out at three days for every 100 pounds of carcass weight. I think his question was how long to age. So if you've got a 100 to 150 pound deer, you know, you're aging three days for every 100 pounds. You're going to be looking in that, you know, four or five days. And, and you can experiment with that if you want. It's just kind of yeah, a general yeah. rule. And of I, I think yeah. that's probably pretty ideal for most scenarios. Um, sure. Uh, yep. Hide on, personally, my sweet spot's about three weeks. I'm um, with you, Dudley. Oh, wow. I'm, but, a three to, I'm a three to four weeker myself. If you, if you get past, Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> no <laughs> doubt, Brian. Perfect, well, we're going to have conditions. to show you the way, bro. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, wow. But I've also right. done it in, you know, like like you said, in four or five days, and and there's there's a very noticeable difference in, in how much there better is. it is compared to not doing yep. it at all. I think Jim oh, Crumley yeah, said sure. 38 degrees for 38 days. No, Well, he told me 10 days one time. So, so maybe I I don't know about 38 yeah. days of stretching it. That would that's be a stretch. But we routinely, I mean, you did the same way. We routinely aged yeah. deer for three to four weeks before we, with the high. Uh, and yeah, but I'm, again, I would caution everybody. Yeah. Uh, you're, y'all are saying that, but I'm not, I'm just, um, you, you got to be so careful that you didn't introduce anything like he's talking about mm-hmm. to try to yeah. pull that off. Uh, Brad, as you know, working in a meat processing plant when they, when they kill like, you know, uh, fat cattle and hang them up yep. to hang them in yep. there and age because they're they're you know 100 pounds for uh three days for them still a lot of days but they put that sheath around them to keep them from drying out well, yeah. you know there's like a cloth sheath that they wrap them in y'all yep. hadn't seen that he has so you know in in yep. our mind i think we're thinking that two reasons why if you have the walk-in cooler and you can hang one up without dragging it back through the ground once it's been you know cleaned that yeah the Two things. One, by not skinning and all that surface area no, being introduced, yep. more bacteria, and the hide does keep it uh, more hydrated and not so dried out yep. and waste a bunch of meat like you're talking about. Um, so those two things do happen. But I will say that the, the big downside is that once it is been on there a while, it is way, way, way harder to skin the deer. But right. that's what, that's, that's the, the trade-off for mm-hmm. aging yep. meat like that. And, and then uh, – yeah. You know, it seems like dry aging has always been the cool thing, but a lot of people are using that wet aging technique now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where you yeah. vacuum sealing it and then aging it in an yeah, ice chest or something. Yeah. Or refrigerator. Yeah. 35 degrees. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. I, I did yep. it for years with my college refrigerator. You know, I did. I, yep. I debone them and then put them in the two and a half gallon Ziploc bags yep. and wet age them for three to four Certainly. weeks. As, as long yep. as you keep it under 40 as degrees. As long as you keep it under 40 well, degrees. 38 yeah. is my, I, I use 38. Yeah. yeah. But to going back to what Brad said about that, you know, when you've done that, you've introduced more bacteria than mm-hmm. just simply yep. gutting a deer really carefully and hanging it up. So even when you've cut yep. that meat out yeah. and then vacuum sealed it, 
You probably yep. need to be careful and, about pushing the envelope too far on aging that. Yeah, and one thing you'll definitely notice a, a big difference in is uh, there's there's clearly a big difference between dry aged meat and wet aged meat the, in the flavor. Maybe you could get the same tenderness. You know, you can still get that muscle tissue to break down by aging it. You know, in in that vacuum bag. But that dry aged flavor, you won't get that through the wet aging process. Right. So there's clearly a difference in that. I remember whenever I was back in the meat industry, I mean, I'm talking back in the late 80s, you know, early part of the 90s, uh, when boxed beef really started to break ground and guys were stopping swinging beef. And boy, you know, the amount of customers that had, you know, said, wow, you know, your meat tastes different than it did before. Why is that? And it was just this big transitional swing to wet age, uh, you know, let the packer, you know, debone everything, let him do it all, you know, so you don't have guys that are lugging, you know, quarters of beef. You know, I spent a lot of my younger years, you know, carrying 250 pound quarters of beef on and off the trailer every day, mm-hmm. you know, and carrying that to the cutting block. And then your meat cutters have to be so much more skilled, you know, to break that type of meat down versus, you know, just pulling a ribeye out of a vacuum bag and slicing it into steaks. So uh, there was a big swing there, but there was there's definitely a, a no question about it. There's a flavor profile difference between wet aged meat and dry aged meat, unquestionably. Mm-hmm. So it's obvious to taste it. Tenderness, okay, no problem. You can get the same effect, but but wet age and dry age is a it's a big difference. Yes. One thing that I do a lot of is whenever I'm processing a deer i never like cut everything into the primary cuts the day that i the day that i'm that i'm processing the animal like i'll take my hindquarters i'll debone them i'll take the sirloin tip uh, vacuum seal it freeze it whole i'll take the top round vacuum seal it freeze it whole i'll take the bottom round the eye round vacuum seal it freeze it whole uh my loins you know i'll cut my loins into you know, like foot long sections and freeze, vacuum seal them, freeze them whole. And then I will cut that into the final product right before I put it on the grill. Um, you know, that's something that I like to do. I think it saves a lot of time. And uh, Toxie had kind of talked about, you know, exposed surface area. It exposes less surface area, you know, and you'll, you'll get a lot less moisture loss inside the vacuum bag. I think we all know that when we cut the vacuum bag open, you know, we're dumping all that moisture out wishing, boy, I wish that was in the meat. Well, that's one way to do that, you know, is the less surface area that you have, the less, you know, moisture loss that you're going to get right. when you open that bag up and then go ahead and slice it. So, and for example, you know, Bobby comes over to my house, he's Brad, you know, um, you know, like to have a roast for, for supper. Well, we can't because I cut everything into steaks, you know, uh, it, and it just kind of really kind of opens up the, you know, your idea. If you want to make some jerky, Hey, I've got a top round right here. I'll pull that out, slice it down and make jerky with it. You know, so uh, that's just kind of one little tip that I like to give people. It saves time, and I think it also kind of gives you a better product whenever you get it onto the kitchen table. So, yeah, when I when I first started getting into the processing of my own deer, um, I was surprised at uh, how much of that those hind quarters you can actually use. Uh, I, I thought the back strap was what you were putting on the grill, and the you know the legs were what you were grinding up. And uh, right, boy, right. could I, I was wrong. You know, mm-hmm. the, all those muscle yeah. groups, you know, all the different rounds and all that is, in my opinion, it it could be more flavorful than than backstrap on the grill. Uh, yeah, it, you know, you you cut across the grain and all that, and it works great. Yeah. 
So I'm, yeah. I'm like you. I save the. I call them hunks. Mm-hmm. That's what I write on the yeah. bag. Um, hunks. Yeah, I, that's you know, right. You yeah. just follow the outer layer of the muscle and and cut around yeah. it, and there's your there's your hunk. And then you freeze it that. apart. And like you yep. said, when you take it out, you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, um, exactly. It just kind of really opens up, uh, gives you more variety of products that you can that you can make. I do that a lot of times too. Uh, even with my trimming meat, um, I really get finicky whenever it comes time to my trimming meat. If I have something that has a lot of gristle, a lot of connective tissue, a lot of sinew in it. I'll set that in like the tendons, the leg muscles, things like that. I'll set that off to the one side and I'll even mix that in with my burger. I'll set it off to the side because I love ground and form jerky. I love restructured jerky and I'll take all that stuff with the tendons and ligaments and sinew in and I'll set that off to the side and then I'll put that through my grinder later. I'll mix my favorite jerky seasoning with it and I'll grind that through the grinder three or four different times until it's really fine. And then I'll use one of those extruder jerky guns to push that out on the, you know, onto the racks of uh, my smoker and, and I'll take those and, and smoke them or dehydrate or some guys, you know, really like dehydrated jerky. And I'll do that with a lot of that uh, muscle tissue, but other stuff, I'll take my trimmings and I'll freeze it in like five pound bags, not ground. And then if I get out later in the year and I want to make, you know, and, you know, later in the season, whenever every, all the seasons are closed and I want to make five pounds of hot sausage, I pull out a five pound bag, mix some hot sausage seasoning in with it and I'll grind it and stuff it and make it at that time, you know, rather than try to get everything processed all at once. So that's kind of a, another little tip that I, that I like to do. And, and I can experiment with different products. You know, if I've got a new flavor profile, a new bratwurst seasoning I want to try, you know, I'm not making 25 or 30 pounds and maybe having 25 or 30 pounds of something that I don't really care much for, you know, so make those small batches. And, but that's something I do. And if I know I'm, if I know I'm going to make, you know, 25 pounds of hamburger or 50 pounds, whatever it ends up being, you know, if I know we need that, I'll go ahead and grind that, you know, put it through the grinder twice, you know, vacuum seal it, freeze it. And uh, that's what I do. So, yeah. Lanny, have you got it? I, there's so much to talk about, yeah, but we can't is, get it all. Oh, Brian was right. But, I mean, you no can way. talk about this for. You know, yeah, I'd yeah, like to talk know. about, you know, mixing fat in, not mixing fat. Yeah, way, you know, fat get, to you. Uh, you know? favorite, yep. way to, favorite way to freeze. You know, a lot of, a lot of people yep. are going to vacuum sealers. Yeah. Some people I'm still little, use the yeah. old butcher paper. You know, there's just so many different. Yep. Then you got the preparation techniques. Then you got, yeah. yeah, not to mention <laughs> the recipes that yeah. I just can't miss. Yep. Yeah. yeah, a lot. A lot of, lot of different recipes and grinding techniques. Yeah, there's so much with, with grinding techniques. You know, I, yeah. it's amazing how, you know, whenever you grind a product finer, coarser, how it can change the flavor profile of the product. Yes. And just, uh, there, there's a million things that we can talk about, guys. That's for sure. So, so Brad, it's a good topic. What, yeah. I, what I'd like with, for, with, with you for our guys to come away with is that this is something sure. that they can do. This is something they can, mm-hmm. they can, Watch yeah. those temperatures. They can yep. they can wash their hands. They can wash their utensils. They can they can keep themselves safe, and they can feed their families some really good quality organic. Yeah, uh, have a meat. personal yeah. relationship with your food. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Really yeah. They sure can, and <laughs> fellas, I just think it's more important now. You know, I still have many many friends in the meat industry uh, that I still talk with. Um, you know, on a weekly basis, and and um, there's just so much going on in that industry right now that I think it's more important now than ever 
for uh, sportsmen like ourselves to learn to process our own game because, uh, you know, there's, there's a, so many different reasons, cost, uh, knowing what we're doing. I mean, we could, we could talk forever about how when I was in the meat industry, I mean, we were processing 15 to 20 deer an hour. I mean, we had eight or 10 guys on the meat cutting block, but we were just mowing them through because that's how we made money. So, you know, did we really care if everything, you know, I, I know you're right. You know, we, we're just, we're, we're getting it done, you know, and, and to take the, it's just so, so important. Uh, we can talk about those kind of things, but it's just so important for guys to, to, uh, you know, to understand all these different things and, and know that, uh, you know, if you want to be feeding your family a quality, good product, that it, it's more important. And it's easier than what you think it is. It's so, so easy to do. Well, Brad, yeah. we appreciate yeah. you being here. We're okay. going to have you back on. I, I foresee we'll yeah, do this do again it. several times. Yeah, I can talk about this uh, topic forever. Like I said, I think it's just such an important thing that every sportsman just kind of dig in and, and, and start doing it. It's fun, you know, and rewarding and extremely enjoyable to do. So it's not that hard. So yeah, you betcha, Bobby. Yes. Yeah. We got you on speed dial. Yeah. 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 So okay. people listening to us can go to uh www and then type dot Kula K O O L A buck.com and see yep. the coolers that you make and the antimicrobial bags and all that cool stuff. So yep. Don't forget that www. Yeah, yeah it's important. Yeah, don't forget <laughs> yeah. Cooler buck. Oh, it, Brad, thank you yeah. so much. You're welcome, guys. You guys have a wonderful day. Great talking yeah, with you. Yeah, you're great talking to you. Okay. All right, guys. Okay, God bless. Yeah. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, let's take let's take a break. Let me go grab our other guest and uh, bring him in, and it's going to be a completely different discussion. Hey, this is Mac. Checking game cameras is one of the many pleasures I get from gamekeeping. Onyx helps keep track of my camera locations to be sure I'm getting the information that I need to make the best decisions for the wildlife. Try it out for yourself and see. Use coupon code MOSSYOAK to save 20% on your Onyx subscriptions. Know where you stand. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Now we've got this is a, it's a little bit different conversation, yeah. and this one uh, is a, is about you know a lot of guys kill a deer and they take it to a deer processor. Yeah, They're I think all you're a good over. example of this. I, I mean, that I am that guy. You now you got everybody at the table here, Dudley and I, and, and, and Toxie love to do it ourselves, and I know you love to put them in the truck and drop them off. I, I do. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I, I just and I've done it a lot too, and actually, you know what? A lot I've learned is from you know being around processors and seeing what they're doing. So it's a it's not DIY is not for everybody you know so. well I, you know i like to watch a lot i you know get home and watch game of thrones all uh, that kind of stuff i got right, things right, to yeah. do it does take a lot of time <laughs> you, yeah yeah a lot of things to do yeah. so look we've got chris herring yeah and he's he's from oh, Hines. Yeah. yeah sorry about that chris That's he's from columbus mississippi right uh, across the river over there yeah and he's got a, a deer processing place called prairie meat and you do a lot more than deer, I'm, I'm told. We do. Um, we do a um, really a broad band as far as wild hogs. We'll take wild hogs. We're one of the only few that'll do wild hogs. Uh, we do deer. We have cut up beef. Uh, we we have a plant also in Macon, which was the old Sunbelt meat packing place in Macon. Over on the east side. On the east side. Yeah, yeah. And uh, extra, you know, it was built for cattle and and hogs and and uh, so we'll do domestic stuff. We have cut up llamas and. Man, yeah. different things. What's llama taste like? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Emus. Owl dad, you know, they bring them from Texas. So we, yeah. we've cut up a little bit of everything. But majority is is really deer. We take deer in and we probably, uh, we're a full, what you call a full process. And we 
really from the woods to the cooler. When we skin them, we gut them, we clean them. You know, it's everything. You just pull up, drop your tailgate, and we, we do the rest. Sure. Um, so it's, it's so been really, really, it, you know, a lot of people, um, when you kill a deer, they usually got something to do. So they shoot a deer, they can't wait to get it in their truck, can't wait to get it out of the truck. So we kind of take care of the rest of it. I can, I can. Bobby's yeah. Bobby, yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I, I know, I, I think Toxie, you have well, to he, he, has to, he has to cape out the trophy part first. That's and then right. he, he can't wait to get rid of the rest of the <laughs> So look, my first, we all got questions, but my first sure. question to ask sure. to you is, how do I know when I'm dropping a deer off that what I get back is my deer? That's right. So, you know, one of the main things is is when, when I first built this place, probably going on six or seven years, I kind of tend to question that around and say, look, you know, what do you, what is your biggest, you know, opinion on, on what he said, you know, everybody, I want to get my own deer back. So what we started doing, a lot of the bigger processed plants, they mix meat. We do not. So when you get to our place, and, and I think you've come forward, Mr. Bobby, when you get to our place, we tag. We tag that deer. So that deer's got, I'm going to use your name, Bobby Cole's name on it. So that tag goes on that foot of that deer out, laying out there when you pull it out of the back of that truck. That tag follows that deer all the way through our process. It goes, it, it follows that deer to where it's packaged, and that tag will be in the bottom of your box when you pick your deer up. So we go, you know, it goes in, you get hamburger, cube steak. It follows it. If you get sausage, it goes to that side. So we just, you know, we made a plan. I got about 200 lugs, and a lug is a 60-pound tote. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it would be easier to mix people's meat. Don't get me wrong. But we made it a, uh, you know, that's kind of our foundation is we don't mix meat. You kill one, you get it back. You just, you know, people have a misconception about deer meat anyway, but they sure don't want one that's been riding in the back of a man's truck all day. Yeah. When they kill one fresh, bring it in. They won't know it's theirs. And we chill that thing down. We try to let those deer hang seven to ten days, and which I'll personally, I'll hang some of them 30 days, my personal deer or back That's my man over there. You know, <laughs> I like a little aging yeah. on the, on the, With the skin the on or skin off? Skin off, skin off. And we'll hang those back straps. I'll cut those back straps out and hang them and age them 30 days sometimes. But majority of people want their deer back. So we, you know, we won't let that blood get out of them. Let them hang, let them get firm, then we'll cut them up and uh, keep them cool. We keep our coolers between 34 and 40. That's where we try to keep our coolers. And um, it, it works out real well. I mean, you get, it's like last year, we got slammed with deer, you know, coronavirus, people hunting Everybody every hunting. day. That's right. Everybody hunting, everybody shooting. Beef prices up $4 <laughs> a pound, people going to shoot deer. I mean, they, they say, I don't eat deer till they start paying $4 a pound for beef. Then they say, man, I think I like it a little bit deer. <laughs> you know, it, it, it worked out. But that, that's what we do. It's a, you know, and people ask it all the time, you know, how do I know it's my deer? I said, well, come on back here and I'll show you. So, I mean, when my boys clean their deer, it goes right in that, it goes right in that cooling, that tag's on, and that tag never leaves it. I think that that whole trust thing is important. In, in that Very. in that business, yeah. and that's that's how you get repeat customers. That's is, right. Is doing that kind of thing. Well, I mean, I, I've I've been feeding. Let's say I'm I'm hunting a five year old deer. I fed this deer, took pictures of this deer. I want to eat that deer. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, and, you know, I finally kill him. I want to eat him, and 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 that's the main thing. You know, people want and, their own deer. Yeah. The last thing you want is somebody else's deer that had it sitting in <clears throat> ice water for a week. That's uh, right. Changing the water out and our dogs running. Yeah. I yeah, mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's just it's whatever. Different. Stress. Yeah. Mm. 
I know the next question that typically comes up, you know, is like once they somebody drops a deer off for the first time in a deer process and they swing back in and they're like, this is all the meat I got. Right. <laughs> yeah. We, we get it all the time. <laughs> we get it all the time. Um, you know, I tell people this. We we do a we do a little little scene where we weigh a deer. We we show it two hundred pound deer, two hundred pound buck. Then we skin that buck. Okay, we show them skinning. Then we cut every bit of meat off that buck: back straps, front shoulders, hind quarters, inner loins. Take the ribs out. Okay, we weigh that meat and we show people. Because most people think, I killed 200 pound deer, I'm gonna get 100 pounds of meat back. That's that's not a fact. No. And just like every doe's not 130 pounds, and people think they are. So usually a good rule of thumb before I start putting beef fat or pork fat in our meat, you can divide that live weight by two and divide it by two. So quarter. a quarter. That's right. Yeah. A quarter, a quarter is clean meat ready for us to put. Pork fat or beef fat, yeah. yeah, right. And and, and look, let's take and that's only up. if you bone it all out. That's right. It can be less than that. And, and that's if you don't blow a shoulder out, right? Or you shoot the back strap mm-hmm. off of it, or you shoot it in the hind quarter. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people, and, and look, I get them. Good customers come in, man, Chris, that's all I get. Well, I can tell you, you know, I have to kill thirty-five deer off my farm every year. I don't want any deer meat. Yeah, we got plenty of deer meat. <laughs> all my guys got plenty of deer meat. Yeah. But you know, people, not not them being ignorant to it. They just don't understand right. that once you take that meat off and, and just like, you know, rib meat and stuff, you can't use rib meat. It ain't nothing but but talon. I mean, you'd be chewing on it for two days. So, I mean, you know, properly sure. taking the meat off the bone, taking the glands out of one. A lot of people don't know nothing about the glands. There's glands all in those deer. Mm-hmm. You got to take those glands out. That's part of that wild taste that mm-hmm. people say they just grind the deer up. And um, but but that so is a hundred pound doe. Hundred pound. You, you're gonna you're gonna net out about twenty five if you work that's really right. hard at it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what if you don't it. shoot that deer in the shoulder. That's right. And you shoot yeah. that deer in the head or in the neck. You know, a kill shot. But you know, most time kids they just say, "Look, aim in the middle and shoot." <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. so we get them. They're blowed all to pieces. And they shoot three hundred magnums and seven mags and everything else. But uh. <laughs> Well, the, you know, they blow them down pretty good. The people yeah. that complain, the people that complain about how much they got back have never boned out a deer. No, they've exactly never right. done it. That's, right. that's the guy that just kills one, throws it in the back of the truck. That's correct. Yeah. For lack of a better term, those are the bobbies. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, I, I like Bobby loves those snack sticks. Yeah. Snack sticks. That's snack sticks good now. We Boom. got around here. I, I, I love dropping a deer off. You know, oh, killing yeah. a deer, driving up, dropping tailgate, flying well, it off. And right. it, it's about $100. Yeah. It's yeah. About, Roughly, that's what, right. about what it is. Because we think we charge uh, $25 to skin it. Now, you got to understand something. $25 is probably the best money you ever spent more than the meat. And on what you have. Blood all over you. I mean, people don't don't understand that. You you think about when we were young. Oh, yeah. We'd have to clean deer. Then we had to haul the guts off. Mm -hmm. Then we had to do it. I mean, it's a two-day process, hauling the guts off, leaving the back of your truck. You know, we take care of all that. We dispose of our, our, you know, raw material, the guts, and and, uh, we haul them off. And and, uh, then we clean the deer, and and then we wash the deer down. Then we hang the deer, like I said, in the cooler. But, um. You know, it ain't for everybody, but I can tell you this. When I was growing up, just like y'all were growing up as a kid, nobody cleaned deer but you did. We used to hang them in trees for seven, eight, ten days, mm-hmm. you know. And, and the, only, the only wise tale was, was as long as you don't see yellow jackets, you can leave them hanging, you know. And uh, But now, I mean, we, we process them. We have so crazy weather. We, we get those things in that cooler pretty fast, get them clean. Got to. And, 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 and get them hanging, get them cured. Clean, cooling down. Yeah. Well, you got a question, Doug? 
No, I, I was just going to make a point that, you know, I process most of my own deer, but I don't do a whole lot of the fancy stuff. I'm just grinding it and then right. making my, my steak meat. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, right. But if, if I want to get some tamales made or right. some of this fancy sausage, right. I'm, I'm right. going to go to the process. Absolutely. That's right. And do you take, that's what we, we, we'll age and debone and clean our meat. And then bring it to a processor. Do you yes, accept that? Yes, we do it all the time. It, it's a he would actually uh, probably make more money that yeah, way than right. having the food with charging you twenty five dollars well, to skin it because it's a lot well, of labor in that. I tell people all the time, and and they say, Chris, you know, if I want to get my deer back the fastest, if you process your own meat and bring mm-hmm. it into me already lugged up, we're gonna cut you the next day because I ain't got a way to hang in age it. Well, not only ah, that. Ah, it, ah. You yeah. should have already yeah. aged it before right. you brought it That's down. right. Yeah. That's, That's right. what we told yeah. So we mm-hmm. cut it, you know, because, you know, you think about that deer laying in that lug. I mean, if it's not hanging, we've got to get that thing processed. Uh, yep. But, yep. yeah, we do a lot of, uh, like you was talking about, specialty meats. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, everybody's got their own best product we have, which I think I'll just let y'all That's have. That's pretty dead oh, gum Oh, my God. My, <laughs> our Hawaiian sausage is, Phenomenal. and I'm not just tooting my own horn, but it's it's been it's a really great good. it's been a great recipe. You know, and originate, I got it from a guy in Louisiana. He gave me the idea, and, and uh, you know, I, I asked him, I said, look, I need, you know, sometimes jalapeno and cheese and different things. Tell me something good. He said, Chris, we're putting pineapple in sausage. I, yep. said, I said, what? Vegan. I said, I can't get these rednecks, which I'm a redneck, to, <laughs> to eat pineapple sausage. So I got to thinking and putting names and working on my recipe, and I come up with Southern Hawaiian. And I can tell you, it's uh, we probably make 35,000 pounds a year. Wow. Yeah. And we just started yep. making it out of Boston butt, and we can sell it, and uh, it, it's worked out really well. So you said earlier that you also pro- process wild pigs. We do. Is we do. It, What's it? You know, I've, I've just always heard that they just taste awful. No, that's that, not that, true. That, that is, you know, that is the biggest misconception. No, no, no. People tell me, oh, I don't want a big boar. He's rough. Well, look, we're grinding him up. We're Getting his glands out, yeah. you you can't taste. And, and I'm telling you, I'm not just trying to sell a, a, a processing, but a 250 pound boar don't taste no different than a 40 pound shoot. It's no different if you grind him up making sausage. You're putting seasoning in there. We're putting cure in that sausage. That that is a, that is a misconception. Now they stink on the outside. Don't get me wrong, they're nasty. <laughs> yeah. But but they're, let me tell y'all something. They're no nastier than a domestic hog that somebody brings up to my process plant. We hate to see them coming. Maybe worse less, than a wild maybe, hog. Maybe less. Honestly, right. I worked in. You know, that's I, right. When I worked at Ryan Foods, we yeah. were killing six thousand hogs yes. a day, and we ha- I worked where we process them. Other words, the holding, unloading trucks, you know, tempering them, you know, taking care of them, you know, all that stuff. And I mean. I guarantee you, a wild acorn-fed hog is a lot cleaner. Than no question. Oh, wow. That's yeah, right. 100%. I, so what would you make It'll be 200 on one truck. Yes. Mm. They're rough. They're so rough. if a guy brings a pig in, yes. he's got a 150-pound sow, drops right. it off, right. what, what should he turn it into? What would you recommend? Well, a lot of times what we'll do, we'll make you know the back straps of a hog. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the center pork, pork chops. Yeah. We cube them up, make a cutlet. Yep. Cook pork, them gravy. Pork tenders. Pork tenders are great. Grind them. We put them run through the processor. We'll run through the tenderizer. We'll tenderize them up. We make beautiful little steaks just like you would your cube steak. And then uh, breakfast sausage and smoked sausage is the number one. Yeah. Now I do have mm-hmm. one client. I, I don't he gets he gets something he calls a hog burger. And what he does, he gets it ground up. We put we put pork fat in it because because if y'all know this, a wild hog has zero fat, mm-hmm. so we have to add fat to him. Okay, and, uh, and and we 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 cut as much of their natural fat off of them, and we put fresh we get fresh fat every week from Aberdeen up at Comas, right. and we put fresh fresh you know, 
pork fat in our in our sausage, even with a wild hog. And uh, but that's a that's a number one seller. I mean, wild hog smoked sausage is unbelievable. It's no different. It mm-hmm. tastes no different that Boston butt sausage I just give y'all. So what is that good? What do you mix with your venison to make smoked sausage? All right, so venison, not we, the spice because that's your secret sauce. No, that's but right. I mean, as far as what do you use or do, are there different? We do. We use a we use. You see that sausage has a lot of fat. Y'all notice mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And and venison sausage the biggest. The biggest problem with venison sauce people make is dry. Mm-hmm. You cook if you don't eat it in two minutes, you can't hardly eat it. It's dry. So what I have, and and I've played with my, I play with my ratios and my recipes. But we, you know, we we, it, I'm, I'm not gonna give you the whole thing. We use at least twenty five percent fat, and we use we use one hundred percent white pork fat. We don't use no fifty fifty trim. So it it's got fat in it. That's one my sausage. You cut my sausage. Oil's gonna come out of it, fat's gonna come out of it, and that's what keeps it good, especially on the grill. Yes. It's yeah, good. sausage without fat that's is right. is jerky. <laughs> and, we, and we use we get we get um we get about ten or twelve cases of fat every week it comes in. So we use fresh fat. Yeah. It, it, we use it straight. We don't we try to keep it fresh and we go run it through. So that's kind of our that's kind of our game and it's worked out really well. So um friend of mine used to have a meat place here. Um, and was his burger was just famous, but he said, and he he said, I'll save you some kidney fat. Yes, we used. And so I yes. used last year. I froze it, so yeah, it blend. Yeah, I used yeah. kidney beef, kidney we fat. Did. That's what we used. And yeah. blend it, not a lot. I might have been twenty percent at the most. Yes. Fifteen was all it was. Not twenty in my burger, yeah. and it mm-hmm. was incredible. Yeah, we fat. use a we use a kidney fat. It's a little higher. It comes in cubes, right? And you and it's very easy for my guys to keep the recipe. Yes. So we yes. we weigh it and and uh, we try to use an eighty twenty split on our on our. On our burger, beef, yeah. on our burger, yeah. mm-hmm. is that I, the norm? Toxic. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, go to the I, a lot of my guys will ask for more, and mm-hmm. some of them want it lean. Right but I will tell you this: yeah. my, I'm a ten percent. If you yeah. if you were to, we had early in this podcast, mm-hmm. we talked about aging. You know, having a cooler to hang it in. Right. If you properly age your deer meat and take it somewhere like him for the burger. It'll be as good as any hamburger mm-hmm. you've ever no in question. your life. Yeah. Yeah. I promise you. Now, you, I think, I personally believe that aging it properly needs to be done on top of that. But if you let someone like him who's using like that kidney fat and formulating and knows what he's doing, it will be as good or better than any beef uh, hamburger you've ever eaten in your life. I'm gonna mm-hmm. throw one shout out. We use a we we make a bacon burger. Oh yeah. And, and let me tell you, we did it with elk. We had some elk. I was telling y'all earlier come in and we made a bacon burger out of elk. And, and a guy, I took a couple packs. Of guys said, "Look, take some." It, it was phenomenal. We do a lot of bacon burger with the deer. And what we do, you think about how good it is. So we're using twenty percent kidney fat, plus we're putting ten percent hickory smoked bacon in that meat, and we're grinding it together. So you think about that that mix. It's Lanny's standing up. I'm starving. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, I'm ready for a burger. It, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a the bacon burger is probably one of the top sellers. Um, but it's just, got beef fat in it, too. It's got so it's beef fat and bacon. bacon and hickory smoked yeah, bacon. Some, yeah. some of the bacon burgers I've had was all bacon and it's a little bit too much bacon. Yeah, yeah. they get real greasy sometimes. Yeah. 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 So uh, when a customer asks, uh, roughly how long do you tell folks this stuff will last in the freezer? Well, we vacuum uh, seal every item. You know, a lot of times you see these processors, especially when he's growing up, they put them in those bags. Mm-hmm. Are they? Are they Like in the grocery store, they put the saran, the wrap on them. We vacuum seal a hundred percent of our meat, so no question, you could leave ours in there two years and you're fine with it. 
I, you know, I hope I don't want you to do that. I want you to eat it all up so we right. can get another deer the well, next year. Something you hadn't mentioned, I just checked because I used to be in that part of the world too. You're using a heavy mill, heavy bag, and yes, he's got a much thicker. I mean, yes. if you go and you're going to vacuum seal your wild game, do not buy the cheap thin no mill milliliters. No. What they mean, mill bag. It'll it'll get it'll the freeze thickest. Yeah. yeah, get the thickest and best, most expensive that they sell, and it's worth every penny because. Yeah. If you had to use a cheap bag, they're fourteen, fifteen cents a piece. I mean, yeah. I mean that's a good bag. I mean, yes. you get one for five cents, and you finish stuff. But think of the difference of right. you might have six months at the most. Correct. And with, that, with this, how he's done it, you've got two years, and it's still like brand can, new. The thin stuff can lose its seal. Yeah, it will. Also. It, oh, it yeah. lose its seal, and, and sometimes we'll lose seals on them, but we'll sure. reseal them. And um, but the main thing is, you can't get all the moisture out of that meat. So you know, if you don't have it vacuum sealed right, it's gonna freeze and burn. Yes. I can just tell you. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. So if a guy drops a deer off on Saturday, mm-hmm. when when typically, when's he going to pick it back up? I try to I try to turn around in 10 days. That's our that's our goal. That's really good. And, and we try to get them quick. And like I said, now, if you want to cut your own up, agent, you'll get that circuit cut the next day because we don't have no way to hang it. Right. Um, now, last year, look, COVID, we got smoke. We were down. We, we I hate to turn. I got turned away. Right. And if you would have called me, you wouldn't have got turned away. I'd have made sure they took it. But if if we uh, if we if we can get people to come pick them up, and I'm glad you're talking about people, this is a big thing. I've got I can hold 500 deer at one time at my place. Wow. I can hold 600 at Macon, but I can't hold but about 150 in my freezer. Uh huh. So if that guy that's sitting there, and we call you and say, "Hey, sir, you know we got your deer ready, prairie meat." This, you know, a lot of times we call them and text them and tell them the deer's ready. But if my freezer gets full, I can't cut anymore. So we we have a rough time of people coming and getting on timely. Right. And and I mean I've even told them, look, guys, if you ain't got the money, just come get it. You can come back later and pay me. Just come get your deer. And it just because, you know, one of y'all's got a deer sitting there, I can't process your right. deer because right. we've got a finished product. Mm-hmm. And you think about something now. I've already cut your deer up, I've I've cleaned your deer, I've vacuum sealed it. I've done paid labor to do it. You know, that's my money sitting there, yeah. you know. And, that, and that's the way we keep going. But, uh, you know, all in all, people do pretty good. But but people lose interest a lot of times. They they can't wait to kill a deer. They cape it out. They got the trophy. It just it gives on their back burner to go pick the deer up, especially if they've already got two or three in the freezer and their wife's getting on their butts. You know, they got to find somebody to give it to. I mean, that's a big thing. Now, we do. We don't know anything no, about no, that. No, we eat so, all ours. We do. We have, wife's a, on the boy. We don't know anything. We have a couple that. big farmers that kill a lot of deer, have to kill them out of these Ag you know, fields, ag fields right. and stuff, and they get they get permits to do it, and they bring them to us. So, time to time, I've got some deer that we call donate deer that people that can't hunt or don't hunt can come in, fill out a paperwork. We have to do it right. We have to, you know, by law, we have to tag that deer to that person, and then they take full ownership of the deer, and uh, and they can get it processed. But we sometimes we'll have we'll have a lot of deer that people can come pick elderly people. Churches. That's awesome. Yeah, that is great. Any other tips that you want your your customers to know that that Um, can help them? You know, the main thing, people at clubs and people all, you shoot that deer, you shoot them at 7 o'clock in the morning, don't jack around at the camp till 10 or 11. (laughs) You know, but but I'm serious because what happens is, you know, you say, well, man, I I got him up over an hour. I may have 45, 50 deer in that floor. I've got three skinners that's working hard as they can. And, and, you know, I, I know y'all have seen the YouTube. I don't have one of those Mexican deer skinners that can do it in a minute and a half. <laughs> so I've got, you know, so it takes time to get to your deer. 
And and so, I mean, we're cleaning as fast as we can. It may take us an hour to get to it. So you think about it. That deer's still sitting out there. And I mean, you know, you think about anything that that stomach area and, and the digestive mm-hmm. part of an animal. I mean, if you can get the guts out of it, great. But main thing is, come on, bring it on up there. Then go back and eat breakfast. You know, get it on up there pretty fast there because, you, uh, you know, just it's better. It's like anything else. You know, we look at the grocery store. We see a dark ribeye, which I was raised on dark ribeye. If you see a dark ribeye, <laughs> you wonder, how long has that thing been there? Well, that's no different than your deer meat. I mean, you've planted green fields. You've planted biologic. You've planted all this stuff. You've hunted that deer. You've run your cameras. You finally kill it. Get that deer down there, and you can enjoy the, you know, the, the best part of it. Amen. I you hear know? you there. Yeah. Well, so, look, I, you're a vivacious guy. We've enjoyed talking to you. Right. Is there a question that we should have asked that we hadn't asked yet about? No, I think everything's pretty good. I, I mean, just the main thing is is I wanted, and I'm glad Toxie brought that up, but the wild hog is the, you know, it's a hated animal. But it it's, is. It's no, I, I didn't say I didn't hate right. them. It, you know, <laughs> if, if you're in Sikatachi <laughs> Bottom or you're in Lion Creek Bottom, Woo! you're fighting wild hogs. No doubt. But it is a in, in Knoxville County. See, most of the hogs, and I, I try to ask my customers where they come from because I like to keep up with it personally. Because I'm also in the timber business, so land management kind of stuff, they, they kind of worry us up. But, you know, wild hogs are coming out of two parts. They're coming out of Sikatachi, coming out of Clay County, Activity Hall, and Knoxville. So you got two areas where these hogs are coming from. So we don't have them in lounge. And, and there's not many in 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 uh, Monroe, but they're getting they're they're coming. Oh yeah, they're, they're coming. coming. Mm. And it, and it's a but that's it, it's a great man. The, the 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 hog meat. Don't shoot that big boy and just leave him laying. I promise you, that is a misconception that he's not good. Is there anything that they need? I've always heard you need to cut their testicles they're, out real quick. Is you know, that true? Well, we cut them out as quick as we get them. I mean, we <laughs> cut them off there. I mean, it's it, you know. Um, the hogs don't age like a deer, so we have to cut the hogs yeah. quicker. Yes. It's a different protein. Right, right away. It's yep. a different protein. Yep. And they were asking, and I'll, I'll kind of tell the customers, um, we don't mix the proteins. So we do not mix the deer and the hogs. So usually what we do, we'll either cut hogs all day, and we try to keep them in their own part of the cooler by themselves. Okay? And uh, so a lot of times what we'll do is is at the end of a deer, so we'll cut deer for half a day, then we'll go over to wild hogs. We never start with wild hogs and finish with deer, if that makes sense. You know, they, they do carry some diseases, you know, tuberculosis, different things. Uh, but but really, y'all think about it. Chickens carry more diseases than anything. We eat chicken every day. Mm-hmm. So diseases are out there. I mean, the CWD, we done went through all that stuff. Diseases are in animals, domestic or wild. But um, yeah, I'm kind of like Toxie, an animal eating acorns and, and living in the wild. He's going to be just as clean as these deer were, you know, these animals were getting out of these slaughterhouses. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. I, mean, one, we, I like I, to freeze I mean, my meat first before I eat it and then right. cook it that's to the right. recommended that's temperature. Right. Bacteria. One, of the, one you know? of the things I'm trying to get, we're trying to get through to people, and the big picture part of all of this is just take kind of response. I mean, you're missing the point. I mean, we only have a little time here on Earth with right. all this stuff, and we that's love great. to hunt. And this is a part of where you're missing a big part of enjoying hunting if all you're thinking about did I shoot a big rack. That's right. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing about the deer that you killed, and you know, I'm not talking about I'm not leaving out other wild game. It's just that yeah. deer is such a big component of this, especially number one deer that's processors. Right. Yeah. That's right. And you're just missing in you know, our other guests talked about take responsibility, think about it from the second your arrow or bullet goes through there. And getting it done and taking care of it in the best way possible, you'll have such a good 
something good to eat. And honestly, if you're not going to eat that, but you could prepare it and give it to someone. Oh, it's, I mean, oh what a gift. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get more back in return yourself than no you question. ever would. Just, That's exactly right. So, I mean, my whole thing, whole thing is um, just adding that component to being an outdoors person is that you really take responsibility for the meat and the stuff that you kill and taking care of it and eating, feeding it to your family, your friends, and other people. Uh, and it starts from the second you run a bullet or air through something. Mm. Well, you, you know, y'all's, y'all's motto here is passing on generations and giving back. I mean, you thought you can't give any more, you know, no. you can't give any more back to growing something yeah. three or four years and then harvesting it and then eating it and sharing it with your family. I mean, that's the number one thing. That's the circle. Well, it's our number one responsibility. <laughs> There's no if we, question. If we aren't responsible for with the meat, like I saw coming, I remember looking back in the 90s when the trophy oh, kind of right. thing yeah. took over our industry. I said, we're, we're not going to even deserve to be hunters if we don't take responsibility for all of it. Mm-hmm. But, but Especially to be the, the meat. I remember but that. to be the ultimate gamekeepers, and that's what you're pushing here. You don't, and there's some people don't like deer. I understand that. Some people don't like beef. But you could, like Tyke said, you could take that deer yeah. and make it into something, give right. it to somebody. People love yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, people come in during Christmas, they get summer sauces, they give it away at Christmas, they give it away to family. People come in. It's surprising. You'd be surprised at the people that really, really like meat. And so if you don't, you know, if you don't, you know, like the deer, you can bring it to us and donate it and we can give it. We'll make sure, you know, if people, and that's another thing I wanted to bring up, Bobby. But, you know, we have to kill so many deer on our place. And I know y'all have to. A lot of people will kill deer, bring them to us, and we'll find a home for them. Mm-hmm. We have churches. We've got, we've got uh, some, some rehabilitation places that we try to sponsor. We'll ground meat for them, give them to them. I mean, it, we, we find a good – we do some, several things for big churches around Columbus, do a wild game supper. We, can, we won't charge you a thing. You bring it in. And, uh, you know, we'll no, take that's, it. That's good. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, we've enjoyed having you, sure, Chris. Absolutely. We, we sure have. Y'all. Look, I'm going to be bringing you some hogs. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I kind of changed my opinion right. about that. I won't, right. I won't yeah. do that. So I, I've I've found local people that, that want them. Right. So I, I'm not that's just right. leaving them laying sure. in the woods. But uh, Dudley, have you got to ask Dudley we could do real quick? We do, actually. Why don't we, Chris, you want to stay with us? Sure. Let's let Richie ask. Richie's going to read. Now you look like you're about to bolt for the door. Okay. It's your imagination. I could talk about it all day. I'm standing at that sausage. I know. You want some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sure smells good. While you're talking, I'll be eating. I made them move it away from me. It was so good. All right. I'll fill in for Mac here. So this is from Kim in Upton, Kentucky. Dudley, I know. (laughs) I love He's taking it to the next level. (laughs) Dudley, I know persimmon trees are either male or female. Does this happen with any other trees? What about chestnuts? Uh, thanks. That's a, that's good, a good question, question. Kim. Yeah. Uh, yes. So persimmons, uh, that, that's called dioecious. Um, so some trees will have <laughs> male and female flowers on the same tree. You know, like oaks will have the male parts called the catkins that, that have the pollen, and then they'll have the female flower that ends up becoming the acorn. Um, those are monoecious. But uh, persimmons are dioecious. So some trees will have male flowers. Some will have females that make the fruits. Um, but there's actually a lot of trees that are dioecious. So I've, just, I've got a little list here. Um, hollies are dioecious. So, you know, when you go to a garden center and buy a holly for your yard, some of them will make the pretty red berries and yeah. some of them won't. Uh, junipers, like eastern red cedar. 
Some of them make those little bitty purple berries that is actually a cone. Some of them don't. Osage orange, horse apples. The old bodoc. Yeah, the old bodoc. Honey locust, the thorny tree with the big long beans. They're male and female. Willows, mulberry, black gum, and, and tupelos. Uh, some of the maples, cottonwoods, and ashes. The so, list goes on. Wow. The list goes on. So, you know, if you're calling to buy something from us at Native Nurseries, you, you can ask if it's dioecious or not. Um, can they just order some male trees? Or Should I put that <laughs> But, you know, a, a lot of folks said that I'm on plant 10 and I'm on, if half of them end up being male, I'm going to cut down all but one male. And a, a lot of people aren't doing that anymore because we're on in this pollinator kick. Right. right. So we're trying to, we're doing this for the insects and the birds just as much as we are the deer and turkeys. So. Thank uh, you, Mr. Know-it-all. <laughs> just That's leave them. Quick, quick addition. Mm-hmm. Can you change a male into a female? Oh, wives tell us you can damage that. it and make it change. More. Sex change operations. As far as persimmons goes, there is, uh, in the literature, it, it is possible. But you've never seen it personally. I personally have never seen it. Um, a former employee slash coworker yeah. said that he built a tree house in an old persimmon in his yard that had never made fruit. And after banging a bunch of nails into the tree, uh, it's been a female and made fruit every, every year since. <laughs> and I, I read up on it, and it, it actually can happen. Yeah. Some persimmons can actually have male and female flowers on the same tree. Oh, it's, wow. it's very rare. So, how about that? Well, so you're in the timber business. Did you know all this? I did. I wasn't going to say nothing. Mississippi State. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let him say it. I didn't want to mess it up. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I've got a degree from Mississippi State in forestry and wildlife. Yeah. Well, he couldn't possibly have gotten any better place than that. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. National champion. Yeah. Right. By the way, y'all's by football way. team's doing pretty good. Right. I, yeah. Y'all, you paid more tuition there than anybody. I paid a lot of tuition there. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, that's right. Well, Dudley, that was really good. You always, you always uh, entertain and inform us. Educate with your, with, right. with your questions. Entertain and inform. That's yeah. Right. So, what what have we learned? Real quick, let's wrap this thing. We've been going a while. So, what I, I've learned is you, you can never quit learning. It's just like gamekeeping, you know. And obviously, you know the 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 harvest and the meat part of the thing is just as important as everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I've learned that I've been kind of fallen victim to a wives' tale about these these pigs not being good to right. eat. So I, I, I'm going to try that. Right. I mean, it's, I, it's, I, I hate them so much that I didn't want to eat them, but I'm going to start eating them. I think it. I mean, I kind of knew this, but even the pig. I mean, and I think he'd back me up. How you handle that is going to make a big difference too. Correct. I mean. Where you shoot it, how you shoot it, how quickly you get it to them. If you're not going to skin it and do it yourself, you know, especially if it's not really cold, you don't have much time at all. You know, if you just want to kind of mess around and show everybody your hog you killed and, you know, but you got to take responsibility for it if you want it to be good and to be right. They have a lot. Think about this, y'all. They have a lot of intestines. Yes. They have big hollow bones. So, um, and, and a quick tidbit. A deer that weighs 150 pounds and a hog that weighs 150 pounds, you will get more meat from a deer than you will a hog. Huh. And, and I say that because the big cape, the big, the big shoulders, shoulders mm-hmm. and the, and that you know that they have that that big frame to them, mm-hmm. and the bones are bigger. So and they and they really narrow in their butts, you know, the the narrowing yeah, the tail ends of it. So, anyways, don't you know, remember that. 
you know. But you can't leave a hog long. You better no, get, like yeah, Saki yeah, says, right. you better get, if you got him in a trap and you're not going to carry it, hold off, shoot it, and bring it on. That's right. I mean, Dudley, what have you learned today? I've learned so much that I don't really have anything specific to say that I've learned. But uh, I'm definitely going to do more things at the processor, get some of these specialty things done. Yeah. Uh, I've always tended to do it myself, and I, I cut myself short. You know, I want some of those snack sticks and things yeah, and like that. Yeah, ready great. And you, you can do that at home, too, but it, it's so much easier to just trust a professional. It, it is. Well, but I like a – look, a person that cuts their own meat up, I got out of most respect because <laughs> you are doing you, – you're working your tail off. And, and you know, you think about us, we cut 35 a day. And you know you cut one, how long it takes? So but, yeah, uh, if I'm doing it, I'm I'm missing Sunday night and football. That's one for sure. thing I did not add. And I would like to say this: we keep our place spick and span. My daddy was a military. He 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 kept a. We sanitized the market. We spray it down every day. The worst thing you can do is bring something that smells bad. Mm-hmm. So we keep our place as as best as we can. Sometimes it's tough when you're cleaning fifteen hundred, two thousand deer. Um, but we we wash it every day. It's 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 you know disinfected and, and just want everybody to know that. Sure, clean. Sure. Toxie, you got anything to add? Richie, wake on up. Ready, there. ready to go. Run yeah. an arrow through a doe right now. <laughs> yeah, Chris, we appreciate you being here, folks. I appreciate in this part me. of the state, can look up Prairie Meat Company in Columbus, right. and then you got a branch in Macon, Mississippi. We as do. Well. And we so got a spot to shoot hogs. Yeah, and we have a we have a pretty pretty sharp little Facebook page in that we put a lot of the you know bigger deer on that people. Are okay with you know a lot of times people get a little funny about a big deer so we they should they sure, they sure <laughs> do it's funny so, what they act so we, yeah. we may show it but you won't ever see the tag I can tell you that we won't sell you out <laughs> okay all right guys well look I think we've I think we've been we've been going a long time that's for yeah. sure and hopefully guys can have learned something here I'm trying to look uh, boy watch us on TV Tuesday yep. nights the gamekeepers of Mossy Oak. Do you watch that, Chris? I do. Yeah, I okay, do. good. Of course Great. you do. So, uh, look, we enjoyed it. <laughs> Dudley, why don't you say goodbye? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Richie. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine. And don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.